when you're at retirement, that's really just permanent unemployment. So everything that you've saved has to be able to generate income, help with health care, help pay everything, but it has to be a rising income so you can keep up with inflation. And unfortunately, I think, you know, Wall Street and a lot of brokers out there do a disservice to clients because for them, it's all about performance. It's all about growth. But then what I say is, what's your plan B? There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of the podcast. This is the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Good show lined up this week. We're going to talk about not your father's retirement, so we'll see what that means here in just a second. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How about yourself? Doing very well. Thank you for asking. Looking forward to this week's podcast. Uh, looking forward to doing some things this summer as well. But uh, hey, you know, gas prices are uh, ticking up, as we all know. We uh, we saw the the crunch earlier on when we had some of that little shortage from the the gas ha- hack, I suppose, <laughs> whatever was going on there. But uh, we're heading into this. Gas prices are up, and I think that's kind of a a bit of a normal summer event anyway. But at this point. They are the highest we've seen in like seven years. Um, do you think things like this affect your clients in general, like retirees, pre-retirees? Do you think that kind of weighs on them or is it irrelevant? Yeah, in, in normal times, you know, and I'll explain what I mean by that. But yeah, in, no, in normal times for a lot of our clients that are either nearing retirement or in retirement, you know, we've put together pretty much a spending plan. You know, I don't like the word budget. So we call it a spending plan because people like to spend. You know, they don't like to, you know, not spend in a budget. So uh, we build in, you know, are we going to go on some vacations? Are we going to travel? What kind of things are we going to do? So, you know, the fact that gas might be a little bit higher here or there, you know, even seven year highs probably is going to have marginal impact just because we've kind of, you know, we've, we've worked through a budget a little bit. Might not, we might not be able to buy the hat and the maracas and things, but, you know, we, <laughs> they're, still, they're still going to have a good time. Now, that being said, when I talked about normal times, think about what we've come off of over the past year, you know, a year in which a lot of people couldn't travel, a year in which, you know, a lot of your options were limited, and a year in which personal savings are at an all-time high for a lot of those reasons. So one thing that's come out of that is, you know, this, and we talked about it the last show about the economy reopening and, you know, things being being booming, and that's going to happen a lot with travel plans. So, you know, all, you know, we're starting to see it now, you know, airplane tickets aren't 50 bucks anymore. You know, you got to pay the $300 to go there. Uh, right. and gas going up, you know, so that might slightly impact maybe the younger families, you know, because maybe a little bit more budget constrained on that. But at the end of the day, I think a, a lot of families are in pretty good financial shape and basically you're just kind of clawing, you know, trying, trying to get out there and do something over the next three to six months. Yeah. Itching. Yeah. Just itching to get out and do something, whatever that might be. So I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, and again, for a lot of our listeners, if you've got a good plan in place and you're working with an advisor, uh, some of those little things like that, you don't sweat them quite as much. So to your point, well, let's talk about our main topic this week, Mike, not your father's retirement. Now I'm, I'm turning 50 here at the end of the summer, Mike. And, um, my dad got into retirement. He didn't live too long in retirement, sadly, but and this was about, uh, well, when he's been gone 26 years. So let's just say 20, 30 years ago, you know, depending on where your parents were at, obviously the world is a completely different place. I always think about those old, um, commercials for Oldsmobile way back in the 80s, I think it was, and they used to have a campaign called It's Not Your Father's Oldsmobile when they were trying to really kind of 
rebrand themselves as a, a hip younger car or something like that. And so think about that concept when we're talking about retirement. It's not the same way as it was for our parents. We all know that, but let's dissect it a little bit because it's I mean, the world is completely, completely different, and not even just from the COVID conversation that we were having, just how everything works, technology, uh, the way we're living now, health, and, and you know, doing things and activities and all that kind of stuff. So let's dive into that a little bit this week here on the podcast and start with the fact that you know, 30 years ago, Mike, a lot of people did not want to, or it, maybe it wasn't even something they even considered working much past 65 you got to retirement and you were retired. We just whatever that looked like, that's what you did. But so many people now are in better shape and healthier and they want to work past the age of 65 and that's totally fine. Yeah, and and I think when when you say you know, is it okay to work beyond age 65? I think there's several things that get lost because you know, the further we get away from things, we tend to forget history a lot, especially in the United States. True. So at the turn of the century, you know, so right around 1900, so I guess two centuries ago, right? So at the turn of the century, then life expectancy in the United States for a man was about 55 years of age. When you go back to when Social Security first came out at the end of 1930s and, and then in 1940, you know, Ida Mae Fuller got her first Social Security check. Social Security for a lot of our grandparents and some of our parents, Social Security was at 65. Well, life expectancy in 1940 was 65. The whole point of Social Security wasn't to give you 20, 30 years of retirement. It was towards the end of your life based on life expectancy. You might get a year or two or three, right? Yeah, it was was a safety net, you know, and that's why we're having all the issues with funding Social Security. But another thing to consider is, and if you go back to say your great-grandparents or so, you know, so now we're going back three generations, is retirement didn't exist. People didn't in the 1700s, 1800s, and even in early 1900s. You don't. You didn't retire. You just worked until you couldn't work anymore. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. Retirement is something new that really, truly has come about in the last 50, 60 years or so because of a lot of things like longevity. People are living a lot longer. On top of that, you've got to look at a situation that a lot of the physicians that a lot of people are doing now, even the last 20 or 30 years, and why people tend to work longer as well is not only because they're living longer, you know, in their 80s and 90s, but also a lot of the work is less labor intensive because of the efficiencies of technology and that. So there's nothing wrong with working past 65, but we have a lot of clients here that have taken kind of a hybrid retirement where, you know, they've they've started early mid 60s, they've cut it down, you know, they've been good savers, so they cut it down to part-time and they but they're now they're doing something they want to do rather than something they have to do. Yeah. I mean, you might not be breaking rocks and paving the roads, you know, at, at 75, but you can still certainly work, right? Maybe like you might have done when you were 20s or 30s. I think at the time we're taping this podcast, I think Clint Eastwood just turned 91, and I think he's working on a new movie. So, you know. It's still a badass. Still, right? He's still rocking and rolling. That's right. It's yeah. still Clint. Okay, so, you know, another way that it's different is being retired is clearly more expensive uh, than it used to be, and it may even be more expensive than actually working. Yeah. So my mom used to always say, you know, idle hands. And and what she really meant was when I had extra free time on my hands, I would get in trouble, you know, and financially retirees are kind of in the same spot that being retired one, you've got more time on your hands. We tell clients a lot of times that the first year to a retirement expect to spend at least the same amount of income you were earning before, if not more, 
because you've just got more time on your hands. There's things you want to do, places you want to go that you're never going to be more healthy than you are the day you retire, you know, because every year is going to, you know, it's going to get a little bit worse from a health perspective just because of aging. So you're going to want to do a lot of stuff. So what happens with that is you need more money, you need more income. We always tell clients, you know, if in retirement, income is the outcome. What also makes it more expensive is even after a couple of years, when you get a really good handle on your budget, you know, and, and you've done a lot of the things. So now, you know, it's you're living on a little bit less income because, you know, you've accomplished a lot of things that you wanted to and you've traveled and done the things. The problem is five or 10 years later, what starts happening is you start having some health issues creep up. And even though Medicare and their supplement covers a lot of things, there's still a lot of things that it doesn't cover. And on top of that, you know, so as health creeps up, now you got to start worrying about home-based health care and assisted living and all those things as you get into your 80s and beyond. So being retired can be more expensive than actually when you're working. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that idea too. I always thought the same kind of thing. It's like when I get to retirement, I'm going to just get in trouble because I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> so I'm going to have to find ways to get out of, get in or get out of trouble. One of the two, I guess, depending on what you're doing. Uh, yeah, well, speaking of trouble and speaking of really longevity, retirees today clearly have more problems to juggle. I mean, societally, right? Like we have that anyway, right? We have way more things to juggle than ever before, the information age and all that stuff that comes with it. But with that longevity, to your point earlier, it's also multiplying and uh, increasing or emphasizing the things we're going to have to deal with. Long-term care is one of those points, you know, dementia and things like that, because the body is being sustained for longer. Well, the mind necessarily, we haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of things that they have to juggle that, you know, maybe their parents or grandparents didn't have to. Longevity being one of them, mainly being the longer you live, the longer bad things can happen. Bad things with your investments, you know, as far as market crashes, uh, cost of living, inflation is going to continue, you know, to eat away at your purchasing power if you don't have some good growth in there. Uh, healthcare, you know, are, are you going to be more health, you know, more healthy in the future? Probably not for most people. Another, another consideration is, you know, your parents and grandparents, they might have had a pension. So yeah, they had a little bit of social security, but they had another guaranteed income stream. And now in the last 30 years, the government's kind of put that on you. You know, it's up to you and your savings, your 401k, the amount of money you saved over your lifetime. There isn't this safety net of a pension from, you know, I think only 15% and it dwindles every year of individuals even have access. And that's usually teachers and government employees. And the last thing, and you know, this is one of the things that really doesn't get talked about a lot, but it, it happens mainly because of, you know, longevity is, so let's say, because we have it all the time in our practice, you know, 50 year olds, 60 year olds in our practice, that not only are the kids back home because of where the economy is and everything else, or, you know, increased student loan debt. So now they got their 20 and 30 year old kids at home, but they're also caregiving, not just for them, but also for their parents or their grandparents that it might be in their 70s, 80s, 90s at this time. Yeah. So not, not only are they dealing with all of these other issues that are specific to them, but they're kind of, you know, they have what they call the boomerang kids and the boomerang parents where, you know, our clients, our baby boomer clients that are in their late 50s to 60s are caring for two other generations and trying to help them out at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that longevity thing. It's that risk multiplier in a lot of ways. Uh, I know many people that are right around 70 that do that still have at least one parent alive, you know, so uh, it definitely happens for a lot of folks. One more here, Mike, is uh, the portfolios of today. And I guess right back to that same conversation about longevity, maybe that's the overall culprit to this whole thing, is that you do have to design it or build it or create it to fund 
possibly a very long time. I mean, we started off the conversation by saying Social Security. Maybe it was only a you know one to five years you needed some aid uh, when you got to retirement. You know, back in the day. Well, now you're talking 25, 30, 35, maybe even forty years in yeah, retirement. You know, no, absolutely. Depending on longevity in your family, depending on. On when you take a look at the age in which you retire, you retire late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s, you know, there is a really good chance in retirement that if you retire in your 60s, that you have at least another 30 plus years of retirement ahead of you. You will essentially be retired for about as long, if not longer, than you actually worked as an adult in you know, your main position. So not talking about you know the waiting tables job in your early 20s, but in your professional career. And what that does is that brings up a lot of issues. So in, in, in my book, Purpose-Based Investing, uh, we I call it eat the eggs, not the chickens. And it says, how do you provide for a retirement that could potentially last 25, 30, 35 plus years and it's about income. It's about being positioned to have income you can count on, interest and dividends, things that you can spend month in, month out, and they're a renewable resource. So independent if the market goes up, down, sideways, because it's going to happen. I mean, if you're retired for 30 years, you're probably going to see a few market crashes during that time frame. So how do you pay your bills while that's going on? You need to have an income-based portfolio that not only can pay your bills today, but provide a rising income over time. You know, we tell clients that, you know, when you're at retirement, that's really just permanent unemployment. So everything that you've saved has to be able to generate income, help with health care, help pay everything. But it has to be a rising income so you can keep up with inflation. And unfortunately, I think, you know, Wall Street and a lot of brokers out there do a disservice to clients because for them, it's all about performance. It's all about growth. But then what I say is, what's your plan B? What happens in the years that you don't get those positive returns? What happens in the years? How do you still spend income? You know, not spend principal, you know, because I call that the chickens part, right? So eat the eggs, the interest in dividends, don't touch the chickens, the principal. <laughs> and the reason behind that is because if your plan works only when the market goes up, then you don't have a plan. If the market goes down, that means you got to sell more and more shares to get the same income. That's how you run out of money. And that's scary when you're looking at a potentially 30-year retirement. So you need to have an income-based plan that not only protects what you have, but allows you to have consistent income and a rising income over time. Absolutely. Well, that's the bulk of the podcast this week, folks. So it's not our father's retirement. We know that. Uh, are we doing something about it? Are we looking at some of these things? Are we getting a plan and then working that plan and allowing the plan to do its work? So if you need some help, and that's why we call the show the Retirement Success Blueprint, by the way, is to have that blueprint to be successful in retirement. So if you need some help, reach out to Mike. Uh, go to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Dot com. Of course, you can always call him as well at 815-526-3092. But while you're at the website, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us an email. We take those from time to time, quite often here on the podcast, and we're going to do that this week as well. We've got Jerry, and he's up in the Milwaukee area, and he says, Mike, we have two daughters in their mid-20s, and we're going to be paying for weddings on both of them pretty soon. What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon. We just don't know when. <laughs> yeah. So, Jerry Milwaukee, you are not going to like this. Uh, if you went to some commission broker, he would tell you all these great investment ideas that he has and how you can make all this extra return. Uh, but, Jerry, when we talk with clients about, let's say, just cash on hand, right? Let's say you've got, you know, you got weddings coming up. So, let's say you got 50, 100,000 plus on, on hand. 
And we understand that there's a great frustration right now when we're near 0% interest rates and the banks are paying, you know, a fraction of a percent or 0.1% on, you know, your money markets and your savings that you want to reach for yield. You want to reach to, you know, can I get three? Can I get five? Can I get 10? Because we all feel that way. But at the same time, we have to kind of break down that cash or those savings. And this applies really to everybody, Jerry, you know, so I'm going to kind of make this a a bigger approach, but we'll we'll definitely get back to you and your daughters and the weddings here is, you know, we start out the conversation with, okay, let's say somebody's got, you know, all these investments, but then there's a hundred thousand dollars in cash. We'd say, okay, what's your sleep at night number? They'll say, well, what's a sleep at night number? A sleep at night number is how much cash do you need to have sitting on the side, independent of the interest rate it's earning? It could be earning zero, but you can sleep at night just knowing that you have access to that. So let's say that's $20,000, $25,000. Okay, great. Set that aside. That now leaves us with seventy five dollars in cash. Okay, Jerry, do we have any major expenses coming up in the next three months to 18 months? Because if so, we want to set that aside in the bank as well. Why? Of course, we'd like to get a better return. But what we can't do is if there's a fixed need, like a wedding, or we're going to put a, you know, buy cash, a car for cash, or we're going to put money down on a home or it's for a vacation. We can't afford for this to be any less than it is right now. So if you're setting aside, say $30,000 for each of these weddings, you need to make sure it's 30,000, that it's not 23,000. We can't let the market or what's going on in fixed income or anything like that take away from that. So first sleep at night, that's your emergency money. Just let you sleep at night. Second bucket of money is money that we know within the next three months to 18 months that we need for specific purchases. That stays over. I know it's frustrating because you're not really earning a lot on that, but you know the money's gonna be there and it's gonna be safe. Now, when we get to that 18 month plus window, then we can start introducing other topics. Then we can start looking at bonds and bond-like instruments or fixed income, things that, you know, you're not gonna hit a home run, but they're not gonna take a lot of risk either. Maybe we can get three, four, 5% on those kind of things. If it's five plus year money, then we can start talking about more market-based options because let time be our friend. So Jerry in Milwaukee, for you know money that's set aside, earmarked, and it sounds relatively soon for your daughters, for their wedding, I wouldn't roll the dice with it. I would honestly keep it on the banking side, short-term CD, keep it in money market. It's not going to earn you a lot, but it'll be there when you need it. And that's going to be what it's really for. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of uh, you know different strategies and approaches to things for sure. And that's why working with an advisor to really kind of plan this stuff out. And I don't know what Jerry's situation is, Mike, but this is something that if he was working with an advisor, I'm assuming he's not, but if he was, you could have had this conversation a while back and it would have been a little bit more time to kind of run up to this scenario, to your point, how you laid that all out. So that's why it's always important. Reach out, have a conversation, talk with an advisor, get yourself on the calendar if you need some help and really dive into individual situations. So give Mike a call. As always, anything you hear on our show or any others, you always want to run that past a qualified professional before you take any action. And you can call Mike again at 815-526-3092 or stop by the website at crystallaketax.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. You can find that by simply typing Retirement Success Blueprint into the search box of any of those apps. Most of those are already pre-installed on your phone. For example, if you're an Apple user, Apple Podcast is already on your phone. Just type in Retirement Success Blueprint and you can subscribe to the podcast that way or you can just find it all at crystallaketax.com. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate your time as always. I hope you have a great week and I will see you in July. Talk to you soon, Mark. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. 
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.